from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. And VK3 KID open for Jota. When triple O is a great big no. Mobile phone activates kitchen oven. The great squid pole squabble. Australian phonetic radio alphabet. And beat the intruders. Use CW on them. We've discovered a mobile phone that actually activates a kitchen oven. Yes, the New York Times are reporting on an EMC case involving an oven that turns itself on in the presence of a low-level RF field from a cell phone. Now, many people will run across the beep-beep-beeping noise that they get if a cell phone is nearby to a poorly designed amplified speaker system. But in this case, when the oven detected an RF field, it switched itself on, setting itself to high, creating a significant safety hazard. When triple O is a great big no... ACMA, in a recent press release, noted that although previously referred to as triple O, it is now to be called triple zero. This previous term is no longer used due to a concern that it may cause confusion for users of alphanumeric keypads who may dial the letter O rather than zero. The ACMA has also welcomed a recently introduced industry initiative to address the incidence of non-genuine calls to the triple zero emergency call service. Mobile operators, which have repeated non-genuine calls made to the triple zero operators, may be blocked across all mobile networks from being able to make calls. Progressive steps will be taken to formally warn the owner of the mobile phone before the handset is blocked, in addition to that caller's details being provided to police as appropriate. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater networks across Tasmania on MF and HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. On behalf of VK7 OTC, I'm Peter Lee. Hems across Australia, this is Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey. VK2, Dennis mentioned this last week. Now further on the Great Squid Pole Squabble. Following the phenomenal response to Westlake's project of the month, simply called the Squid Pole Antenna, controversy has reigned supreme at the club between those who continually seek new and better means of getting the ultimate signal to air and the die-hard sceptics set in their ways with the already tried and proven means of communication as to which works better in a portable situation. A means of settling the debate once and for all will be undertaken at Westlake's Taralba site, Saturday, October 3rd, 2pm, using 7.1 MHz. Both combatants will broadcast alternatively using their portable antenna of choice and then will stand by to receive the hopefully accurate signal reports accompanied by a location from you, the listener. Tune in and give a report. VK3, VK3KID, open for Jota. VK3 Kilo India Delta will be holding an open weekend for Jota, Saturday the 17th and Sunday the 18th of October. There will be a BYO barbecue with free tea and coffee provided. The location is Sherbrooke Community School, Mount Dandenong Tourist Road, Sassafras. The station will be active on as many bands and modes as possible, so come up on air for a pleasant hour or two and say hello. VK4, the 2009 AGM of the Caboolture Radio Club, will be held Saturday, October the 10th 
at 11am Australian Eastern Standard Time and visitors are welcome. Caboolture Radio Club is trialling a new repeater at Ocean View on 146.625 MHz and preliminary reports indicate coverage south to Boonia, west to Yarraman and north to Nambour with most of Bribey Island as a formality. VK7, the next meeting of the Cradle Coast Amateur Radio Club, has been scheduled for 1.30pm on the 26th of September at the Penguin Lion Club Rooms. The Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Club, NTARC, will be holding the October monthly meeting at Allenvale campus of the Tasmanian Skills Institute and have arranged a fascinating presentation from the Bureau of Meteorology with particular emphasis on that feared phenomena of all amateurs who have towers and antennae, lightning. Peter, VK7 Papa Lima, has arranged this for NTARC. And in the Hobart studios of VK1WIA, this is Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. Education, youth and advancement of amateur radio. I'm James, VK6NAH. Last weekend, the 5th and 6th, saw ARCS Academy swing into action with yet another foundation course. Seven candidates studied for foundation. The result? A 100% pass rate. Many thanks to assessors Keith, VK3FT, Peter, VK3AVE, Lionel, VK3November Mike, Lino, VK3BAD, and John, VK3ARK, for giving their time over the last few months conducting various assessments. So please welcome John, David, Jason, Peter, Adam, Jackie and Angus to the Amateur Radio Fraternity when they pop up with their new call signs in a few days' time. ARCS Academy will be offering more foundation courses early in the new year and will again be offering a weekend regulations course followed by a standard advanced upgrade course all courses are free of charge and next year will be conducted in a brand new facility. If you're in the Melbourne area and want to either get your foundation licence or upgrade to standard or advanced, please contact VK3ARK at wia.org.au. September's AR Magazine, and yes, Tom Potter says it's in newsagents now, has begun a series of occasional articles especially suited to the interests of foundation licensees. Turn to page 18 and read Ross Pittard VK3CE on the design and construction of a simple but effective antenna for 2 metres or 70 centimetres. This is the well-known J-Pole concept which uses ordinary TV ribbon transmission line. Ham College VK6 Ham College in Perth are looking for candidates for their next foundation course to be held over the weekend of the 19th and 20th of this month. The course is two days with the exams held the following weekend. If you're travelling from a remote area for your course, arrangements can be made for you to sit your exam on the first weekend. Tea, coffee and biscuits are provided. To register your interest, log on to hamcollege.com.au or Google Ham College. For the WIA National News Service, I'm James VK6NAH in Perth, WA. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. Still to come, John, VK2 JJW with Weird and Wonderful. But now, it's the international news with particular thanks this week to the IRTS and Amateur Radio Newsline. Ireland, the Sean Kelly Tour took place August 30th 
2,700 hardy cyclists taking to the road on Saturday evening the Irish version of VK's Wyson assisted civil defence in maintaining an accurate location of as many as possible, allowing them to more cleverly deploy their own medical resources around the course. Great use was made of the APRS DigiPeter network, and it definitely proved its usefulness on the day. It allowed the members in net control to keep both the civil defence and event organisers update as to the locations of various vehicles almost in real time. USA, manufacturer of Texas bug catcher antenna to cease operations. ARRL News are reporting after October 31, 2009, GLA Systems, manufacturer of the Texas bug catcher antennas, will cease taking orders for new antennas. No reason was given for the closure, but on GLA's website, owner Henry Allen, K5BUG, said, It has been a fun 30 years, but it's time to hang it up. I would like to thank everyone who's made this experience possible. KD2S Silent Key. The first president of Tucson Amateur Packet Radio, TAPR, Den Connors, KD2S, passed away September 3. He was 58. Connors, an ARRL life member, conducted the first amateur packet radio contact with all American hardware and software using the Tucson Amateur Packet Radio Terminal Node Controller, TNC, with Lyle Johnson, WA7GXD, now KK7P, at 9.12pm PST on June 25, 1982. The tests were conducted at 146.55, with both stations sending plain text ASCII messages. Den was instrumental in the early PACSAT work, and as TAPR's first president led that organisation from a local club he co-founded into an international organisation. Johnson said in an email, his was a very cheerful, positive, can-do influence. FCC cites California resident over defective indoor TV antenna. Now you may find this one hard to believe, but the FCC has issued a citation to California resident Irma Frostro for using a defective amplified indoor television antenna. Uh, she could not possibly know that it played havoc with a nearby cellular telephone site. Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, said FCC agents T-hunted the interference to Frostro's residence. Further investigation revealed that the source of the interfering signal was a Philips model MANT 300 amplified television antenna installed on top of the television set in the Fosto home. Apparently the antenna's internal amplifier had broken into self-oscillation on 840.356 MHz. The spur was strong enough to interfere with the input to the Verizon local cell site. And you'd think that's where it would all end. Disconnect the faulty antenna and problem solved. That's not where this story ends. On August 20th, the FCC issued a citation to Irma Fausto, naming her as the responsible party. Why the FCC chose to issue a citation rather than the usual warning letter, or any letter at all, is not explained. And if we may editorialize a moment even stranger is the demand by the FCC that Ms. Fausto respond to the citation and specify what actions have been taken to correct the violation, when it's likely all she need do is return it to where she bought it or throw the thing into the nearest garbage can. At least that's what we would do. We also wonder if the FCC intends to follow up with Phillips to make sure that no other MANT-300 amplified indoor antenna is causing a similar problem elsewhere in the United States. One would think that Philips is the responsible party in this scenario, since it was the one who manufactured the defective amplified antenna in the first place.
Lastly, we must ask why so much emphasis is being put on reprimanding a citizen for something beyond her control when there are far more important matters to contend. This definitely includes cleaning up the now almost 20-year-old rat's nest of jamming, filthy language, illegal broadcasting, and other violations found on 14.275 MHz in the 20-meter band. Violations the FCC seems to be turning a blind eye to, no matter how much the ham radio community complains. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, KSXPZW, reporting and editorializing from Los Angeles. Oh, yes, those of you interested in a good lesson in government bureaucraties can read the entire text of the citation issued to Irma Fausto at the URL found in this week's printed Amateur Radio Newsline report. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. Australian Radio Alphabet. The Americans have forced their radio alphabet on the rest of the world, but we prefer this Aussie radio alphabet, which comes courtesy of Alex VK2FPOL. A. Aussie. B. Barbie. C. Carton. D. Dunny. E. Esky. F. Football. G. Grog Shop. H. Hotel. I. Idiot. J. Jackaroo. K. K. L. Long Neck. M. Meat Pie. N. Numskull. O. Ocker. P. Pinch. Q. Quid. R. Rhino. S. Sicky. T. Troopy. U. U-Turn. V. Veg Out. W. Weekend. X. 4X. Y. Yabby. Z. Zillions. I'm John, veg out K2, Jackaroo, Jackaroo Weekend. Across Australia from VK1 WIA National News Service. In Ballarat and Western Victoria, it can be heard on VK3 RWA, Ben Nevis Repeater, 147 100MHz at 11am every Sunday. I am Bob, VK3NBV. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1WIA. Good morning all. If you're listening to this newscast today, Sunday, the 13th of September, well, you have about 48 hours to get your log for this year's RD contest to me, albeit by snail mail or electronically sent. This Tuesday, the 15th of September, at 1700, any logs that arrive after that will be returned unopened and will miss out for this year's contest. The checking and double checking is proceeding quite well and those logs that needed correcting, I have advised the sender why the corrections were made. Once all the data entry is completed, the full results will appear in AR at the earliest possible publication. We will announce the winning state along with the first place positions. As soon as possible, the certificates will be issued to the first place winners for each of the categories, or should it happen, to their equal first place getters. Until next we meet, this is Peter Harding, VK Forest Cadelta, RD Contest Manager. Operational News On Air Contest Column, Dateline 2009 September 12 and 13, Worked All Europe SSB September 19, Westlakes Cup 4U1 VIC to operate Worked All Europe DX contest. 
On the air, word that the Vienna International Centre Amateur Radio Club Station 4U1VIC will be on the air during the Worked All Europe DX contest on September 12th and 13th. This will be an SSB-only operation with the station located in the secured United Nations campus in Vienna, Austria. Due to access restrictions, the operators will not be able to be on the air continuously for the full 48 hours. However, they will be on the air as much as possible. QSL this operation via the Bureau. Special event called Speaking, DX and Net Advice. A station signing C31LJ-M heard on August 27th is reported to be a pirate operation. VE3EXY, the real C31LJ, is currently in Canada. HS8JYX is planning to be in the CQ Worldwide DXSSB from Thailand. That radio sport event takes place October 24th to the 25th and he will enter as a single lop stroke single band 20 metre entry. QSL via HS8JYX. First ever EME de-expedition to Mongolia. JT1UN and JT1UN stroke 5 will be the call signs of the first ever EME de-expedition to Mongolia by W7EME and K7YO. The operation will begin on October 10th and continue through to the 14th. W7EME will operate JT65B on 144 MHz with K7YO on 432 MHz. Equipment on 2 meters will be a single M squared Yagi and 450 watts output. The 70 centimeter station will run 250 watts to a pair of long beams. Just received news that F5 OGL has received the necessary permit to operate from Grande Glorious. 5 to 8 operators will activate this rare island thanks to the authorization of the armed forces under the high authority of General Dominique Lefier, commander of the French Signals and Graduate Studies School of Rene and HQ of the Southern Indian Ocean Forces. Host on the islands will be the Foreign Legion. There is no doubt this will be another exciting expedition, said Didier, F5 OGL. The FT5GA team departs from France September 11th to head to Glorioso Island. The Glorioso Islands are a group of French islands and rocks totaling 5 square kilometres in the northern Mozambique Channel, about 160 kilometres northwest of Madagascar. In broadcast, monitoring SWL and scanner news, pay freeze tipped as radio NZ slashes costs. Radio New Zealand staff are expected to agree to a freeze on salaries as the public broadcaster identifies $1.5 million of savings to make ends meet. Radio NZ is facing another round of cost cuts after the government ignored warnings of chronic underfunding and staff shortages. Cutbacks are common in the media sector, which has also been ravaged by an advertising slump. Commercial radio stations have also been laying off staff, and Television New Zealand has cut staff and programming. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. From the WIA, this is the weekly National News Service, originating from VK1 WIA. This is VK4 Charlie Charlie from Brisbane's Southside Amateur Radio Club. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone. Do you enjoy amateur radio, or are you a keen shortwave listener? Are you willing to contribute to the global amateur radio community? How? By simply doing what you enjoy best, listening and reporting intruders, whilst you listen or communicate via the HF bands or even suspect a pirate on the VHF and UHF bands. All you need to do is simply file a report on any potential intruders you hear. Please include frequency in kilohertz, bandwidth, time in UTC, day of the month, mode, country if you know, identification, bearing if available, Remarks, calls if known, language, location, names, sked times, 
an audio sample if possible. So how do you report an intruder? Well, the NZART are advising ZLers to simply email ms at nzart.org.nz. That's Mike Sierra at nzart.org.nz. And they say the Australasian handband intruder watch is via Google Groups. Just Google intruder watch. The RSGB are reporting that the IARU is encouraging amateurs to get on the air and use CW on the 7 MHz band. 7000.4 kHz in particular. This is because Portuguese fishermen are abusing 7000.4 kHz using USB every morning between 0700 and 0900 UTC and later. These fishermen are located off the north of Portugal. Use this frequency for CW traffic, says the IARU. Back to ZL land, and New Zealand's MED, with the cooperation of the ACMA Direction Finding Service in Australia, were chasing for a licensee an interfering signal around 7 megs. This interfering signal was identified as a time signal station which had recently come on to the frequency from Ottawa, Canada. Negotiations are being held between administrations as to how to overcome the interference issue. As we leave Intruder Watch this week, WIA News still would appreciate hearing from the WIA IW service chiefs with any local news happenings. Over to you. I'm VK for Charlie Charlie, Cole from Brisbane's Southside Amateur Radio Club. Some weeks ago, I saw a story about a computer geek who made up a thermal transfer compound using diamond dust. Then this week, I came across a story from an American university that's developing a process to fuse diamonds into a copper matrix for use in super high-power transmitters. There's a theme here. It turns out that diamond is the natural material with the highest rate of heat transfer, around 2,000 watts per meter kelvin, which is around five or six times better than silver and copper. Diamond dust can be bought fairly cheaply on eBay or locally. Look for 60,000 mesh diamond powder used for cutting and polishing. A suitable grease is available at chemical supply companies and hobby suppliers. Look for polydimethylsiloxane, PDMS, and polytetrafluoroethylene, PTFE, which have to be mixed in with the diamond dust. Don't get anything containing zinc oxide because that is a thermal insulator when compared to diamond. So for about $30 to $40, you could make up a syringe of seriously good thermal compound for use with radio projects, computers or other electronics. Just be careful and follow the instructions at inventgeek.com. This could be a club project and you could pay per millimetre squirted from the syringe. For Radio News, I'm Peter Ellis, VK1PE. Get I Maiden VK3 FABA Media Watch Amateur Radio Preview September 2009 Amateur Radio Magazine for September is now in your newsagents and it is well worth picking up a copy. Why not reserve one every month to, to make sure that they are never sold out on you? You'll see a couple of interpret amateurs on the front cover, well rugged up, because they are operating from the Mount Kosciuszko Summit. Portable, of course. If you're a foundation licensee, turn straight to page 40 for a full report of the five-day scout camp that focus on amateur radio. 
Arthur Grease, VK3FBWE, has a wizard time, and so did all of his interstate mates with training sessions, radio construction projects, HF and VHF contacts across the region, and operating mobile from Puffing Billy in the Dandenong Rages. The whole thing was aided by Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, and Bob Bristol, VK6POP, from the WIA board. A couple of good photos, too. Yes, back to Mount Kosciuszko, and a detailed account of on page 27 by Compton Allen, VK2HRX, about his Easter adventures on top of Australia. He reports that he had his pick of all the two-metre repeaters in the southeast. Then he tried HF and worked dozens of stations with a noise-free site at an elevation of 2,229 metres. Compton also provides some first-hand descriptions of this high mountain terrain, illustrated with a couple of excellent pictures. October Amateur Radio will be published on time, as always. I'm Aiden VK3FABA for the WIA News Service. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV video. Yes, ATV, where every pixel tells a story. Date in 2009, videos from Arvin. Gary Pierce, KN4AQ, spent his days at the 2009 Dayton Hamvention with a camera in his hand. Now, after three months of editing in his North Carolina studio, Gary and his amateur radio video news organisation has released what he calls the 2009 Dayton Collection. This year's set includes the FCC Forum, where you get to know the new ham radio rules enforcer, Laura Smith. Also included are the ARRL, TAPR and software-defined radio sessions, along with a tour of the new goodies to be seen at this year's hamvention. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Military. Word in from Bob Cook, VE3BDB, the President of Radio Amateurs of Canada. The Army Cadet League of Ontario is investigating the establishment of a Royal Canadian Army Cadet Radio Network based on amateur radio technology. Dubbed ACORN for Army Cadet Ontario Radio Network, the aim is to support operational training and certification of Army Cadets as licensed amateur radio operators throughout Ontario. Radio Amateurs of Canada has been asked to facilitate this project. Hams who have an interest, time and qualifications to mentor and provide instruction to young would-be hams, as well as those to assist in the setting up and managing of amateur radio stations. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Redcliffe VK4 Club Secretary Peter VK4TAA has advised that the Jota weekend is approaching fast and that Redcliffe will operate a portable field station at the Scout Camp Murrumbong near Petrie. Any amateur who is in the region who would like to assist Redcliffe with the anticipated 400 scouts, cubs, guides and rovers who will visit the site, they should contact Peter VK4TAA via the Redcliffe Club's website. And you'll find that page when you check out the club section at the WIA website, wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Stamp Collecting Operators. Norway releases a new radio stamp. Part of the Norwegian Year of Culture Heritage is this summer's release of the Kure Radio Stamp. A new icon saw the light of day in 1950, when RadioNet launched its Kure Radio. Now, the Kura was the company's great success, and the rare transistor model with an imitation alligator skin case was the undisputed winner. RadioNet's history started in 1927 with 24-year-old Jan Wessel in a small rented room in Oslo. Good, reasonably priced radios for everyone was the motto of the company's self-taught founder, and with the Kura, he struck a gold mine. The radios sold like hotcakes, not only in Norway, but all over the world. They were exported to 60 countries and RadioNet became a household name. 
Factories were set up in Iran, South Africa and Turkey. After the golden 50s, Radionet found itself in difficulties. Sales fell at the end of the 60s, and in 1972 the company was merged with Tanberg Radio Fabric. In 1978, Tanberg closed Radionet down and went into liquidation itself later that same year. A major electrical retailer acquired the trademark, and the Radionet name still exists today. The radios are manufactured in Asia. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, that takes us to the end of WIA National News for another week. For those of you that were able to listen to us on digital, on D-Star, then press the red button and were able to hear it on the Saturday, well, of course, you've just missed on September 12th the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club Sunfest. That was held at the Wombai School of Arts in Blackall Street, Wombai. September 13, which is today, if you're listening on a normal radio, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Hamfest, 9.30am, just about a minute away. That's at the Goodwood Community Centre, Rosa Street, Goodwood. September 18-20 to 20 in VK4, the North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention. More on that when we're joined by Don the Matman in Q News on the VK4 network. September 25, 27, still in VK4, the Central Highland Amateur Radio Club's AGM. VK4 KAL Gordon reminds those planning on attending the Chark AGM. The deadline of 20th of September is fast approaching. Accommodation is dormitory, 12 separate rooms. Those coming must bring their own bedding and pillow. A mattress will be supplied. Day visitors, a cost of $6.60. Overnighters, $13.20 per person per night. And you'll need to bring your own cutlery. Those arriving from 4pm on the 25th, you have to bring your own meals as there are no supplies at the camp. So those intending to get along, let Gordon VK4KAL know. Details on the text edition. And in October, two Hamfests in VK3, the 11th at Shepparton, the 25th, Ballarat. And we'll let you know all the details on Ballarat in detail in next week's edition. So until then, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported, you decide.